You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With the NFL Draft now behind us, we have the perfect opportunity to sit and analyze the NFL Draft prospects that the New York Giants selected in the 2020 NFL Draft. There were 10 guys that are now members of the team and that are the groundwork for a young developing program going forward. On today's episode of the Chris and Joe Show, we're going to be analyzing Andrew Thomas as well as being joined by Nick Filato. As I said, though, this is the Chris, Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. Nick, thank you for joining us again. How are you doing, man? Chris, Joe, thank you so much for having me, man. Let's talk some tackles. Let's talk some Andrew Thomas. Not only did we add one, but we added two tackles. And Giants fans, you know what? That's a huge deal because it has been depressing the last couple of years. <laughs> Depre- depressing is an understatement with, with how much struggling we've seen from the offensive line. So, Gettleman, like we've talked about over the past week or so saying that Gettleman was not playing around this year. He went all in and drafted, I think we can all agree, probably one of the safer tackles in this year's draft class with taking Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle, out of Georgia. So on today's show, we're going to be breaking down Andrew Thomas for you here based on his traits, things he does as an offensive lineman, so you have a better understanding of who he's going to be for the Giants going forward To kick us off here, though, as an offensive tackle, you're going to have to run block. You're going to have to pass block, obviously. Chris, what do you think of Andrew Thomas as a run blocker? What are some of the things that you saw from him on tape that he's going to be bringing to this New York offensive line? You know, I think the first thing that really stands stands out about him is his really just his mentality. He is he's a mauler, he's a brawler. However, however you want to say it, he likes to take it to the defenders. He likes to create movement, push guys around, and he can create motion on the offensive line. As a run blocker, man, you, you got to look at all the types of assignments and executions that Thomas is able to bring to the table. He can block down aggressively and drive his opponent into the deck with amazing lower leg drive because he has a really, really strong lower body and base. He can kick out scoop block, say like a five technique or maybe even someone who's a little bit wide, turn his hips and seal that player so someone like DeAndre Swift at the collegiate level can just run through that C gap and kind of have that alley. There's a reason why Swift, who is a talented running back, had a lot of open holes. It's because he had run blockers like Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson on the other side, really, really strong players at the point of attack. And Thomas, man, he'll just drive through your face. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about him. He can get his hands inside in the run game, turn, seal like I was talking about, and just bully people back off the ball. And he also is athletic enough to get up to the second level, locate a linebacker, cut off his angle. He has long enough arms to also kind of use his arms and his length to the advantage in those kind of situations. So there's a lot of 
positive things to glean from Andrew Thomas and his ability to effectively block on the edge, block down on a three technique as a backside blocker. So you're looking at him on the backside, on the play side. He's very, very effective. And it's one of the things I love most about Andrew Thomas's game is that mauler mentality that Chris was alluding to. He will want to dominate you and he he did it successfully at the collegiate level. Now, will that translate to the NFL? It should, but obviously you're playing against faster and stronger people, and there might be a little bit of an adjustment there. But man, I, I love the fact the Giants added somebody with this specific skill set. Yeah, and I, I also really like his power as a run blocker. Yeah, we don't know for certain, but Jason Garrett always kind of gravitates towards uh, inside zone or man gap run blocking schemes. He likes to really put a hat on a hat and try to impose his will on the defense and then just run downhill. And I think that as a run blocker is really what Andrew Thomas is best at, where he can use that length, he can use that size and just move people. 100% Chris, man. He he does all that. And again, I think he can do all you could take any kind of gap. He can get out in space. He's not Tristan Wirfs in that area, but he can get out in space on power tosses and things like that, counters, what have you. And he, he'll do a good job on duos, things like that. He's he's uh, he's effective in all those levels. He he has it in his uh, skill set to execute all those at a high level. And that's one of the things, again, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited about. He might not have tested as the most a- athletic tackle in this year's draft class at the combine but you really do see all that functional strength all that stuff you guys talked about bringing that mauler mentality and it seems like the consensus for a lot of people is that andrew thomas's strongest trait it can be that run blocking ability bringing it to the left tackle position for the giants now for left tackle though it seems like the the most important obvious thing is going to be how well do they pass block how well can he protect Daniel Jones's blindside. Chris, what do you really get from the sense of seeing what he can do as a pass blocker? In most cases, he's going to be a reliable pass blocker. There's, I think there's some notes we both have that are going to crop up maybe in the second half of this. But you know, he's good enough against most pass rushers. He's got those long arms, so he can make contact first. He generally gets good placement with his hands. He's got plenty of strength to hold up against bull rushes. He can adjust well and deal with guys who bust out counter moves. I think one of my favorite plays was him dealing with Clavon Chase and using a spin move where he just kept square, kept him kept in front of him and used his hands to really keep Chasen from being able to slip the block, get into the backfield. And for a big guy, he moves surprisingly well. You know, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd really expect anyone his size to be able to move his feet quite like he does. Yeah, he has really strong foot speed, and you can really see his ability to mirror and redirect. It's it's not really expected when you look at him on tape before he moves. You wouldn't really expect him to have quality of feet that he does for a player as heavy as he is. Nick, what are some of, what are some of the things that you really noticed in his pass blocking what he, and what he's able to do to protect the blind side of quarterbacks? Yeah, like Chris was saying, I mean, he, just that sheer length that Thomas possesses really will help uh, some of the... Uh, see, I see, I think he, his feet are okay. I think his foot speed is solid. It's good. It's functional. But sometimes... Uh, okay, 
for instance, against DJ Wanham a couple times where he let DJ Wanham get hip to hip and then Thomas overextended. And I know we'll get into some of his deficiencies in pass protection a little bit later, but on these specific reps. And then Wanham used a chop to chop the outside arm of Andrew Thomas, getting him off balance. But Thomas is able to use his length to still kind of recoup himself and push Wanham up the pass rushing arc. And that's something that he can do. Just the fact that he has that that kind of a thing to rely upon if he does make mistakes in his length, if he does get beat by speed, which isn't something that was consistent in his game at college, but it did happen a little bit. So I think just the sheer length that he has is, is huge. And my favorite thing in pass protection with Andrew Thomas is his anchor. He can anchor and it's very hard to bull rush him because he's so strong at the point of attack. He can anchor, he can re-anchor if someone gets lower than he does and is able to just butt him back a little bit. He has the ability to kind of reset his hips, generate power through the ground again and just re-anchor himself. So it's one of my favorite things to see him do. He's not a liability in that case whatsoever, but I think he's going to be a functional pass blocker. He's going to be solid at it. I think there are some things he can clean up on. We'll touch on some of those a little bit later, but he's incredibly strong at the point of attack, has all the length that you want, and his feet are the, his feet are quicker than some of the, you know, his feet aren't terrible, we'll go with, okay? I don't think they're, I don't think they're excellent. I think they're solid to good, probably, I would say, uh, but especially, like, maybe as the game wears on, there's a little bit more deficiency with it, but He's gonna be he's gonna be fine as a pass protector, protecting Daniel Jones, something that Daniel Jones did not have a lot of last year. Protection. So he'll get that this season. And it seems like a lot of times with these tackles coming into the league that are drafted early, because of the schemes that they're dealing with, they might not be as clean technically. Um, you know, I think like Josh Jones is a good example of that he didn't really have to do some of the things that you see at the professional level in that type of air rate offense. And you're not really getting that full skill set from some of these tackles and I, I guess you bring up a lot of good points that he his feet are pretty good but or in terms of his foot speed is pretty good but what you're getting in terms of technique is not as clean as you would you'd hope for but he's got plenty of time to improve and get better and and work on that stuff coming into his first year in the league so we're going to get to the second half of the show where we're going to be talking about his ceiling, his floor, and also some things he needs to improve on. But before we get to that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. With any draft prospect, there's things that they need to improve on. Nobody's going to be coming into this league completely and 100% perfect. If they want to get to that top level of being an elite player at their position or even just being a really, really good starter for your team, there's always going to be things that they need to improve on. Chris, what are the like the big things for you that you think Andrew Thomas needs to work on going into this rookie year and maybe going forward early on in his career? I would say from the start, it, from the ground up, his footwork – one thing that kind of jumped out to me was, especially when he's blocking downhill, even though I praised it in the first half, he does have a pretty noticeable bucket step. And I know there are coaches who use that as a coaching cue. I tend to agree with LaCharles Bentley in that at the NFL level, when you're facing off against Von Miller, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, DeMarcus Lawrence, you know, just all of these incredible pass rushers that Andrew Thomas is now going to have to go against. You don't give anything up because you might be big enough, strong enough, long enough, quick enough to make it up on the back end at the college level. You are not going to make it up at the NFL level. So I would like to see him kind of get rid of that bucket step and just drive forward from the start. 
And then also just consistency with his footwork in pass protection, especially against really athletic pass rushers. Nick mentioned DJ Wanham, and he did give Andrew Thomas, he made Thomas work all game long, which is kind of surprising when you saw the games that Thomas had against Julian Okwara and Clavon Chasen. It, it was kind of funny to see a guy like DJ Wanham, who is, I believe he was sele- selected very late in the draft, you know, how he gave Thomas so much trouble, but he is a long, quick, athletic defender. And Thomas kind of has a little bit of a tendency to abandon his technique, you know, let his feet narrow, let his knees straighten, hips rise. And that just makes it a little too easy for the athletic pass rushers to get around him. Yeah, Chris nailed it with the pass protection portion. He does let his hips rise sometimes, his knees rise, and his feet narrow, and that can pose problems. Now, it's not overly consistent. I want to make that clear, but there were times on film where I saw all those things happen, which led to balance issues and led to his pad level rising. I've seen his technique get sloppy in the sense that he'll overextend at the hip and lunge towards the pass rusher off the arc, and that's when Wanham would you know, hit him with that club and then be able to kind of turn turn the corner around him. So those things need to be cleaned up upon. Because if you're going up against Demarcus Lawrence, Ryan Kerrigan twice a year, you know, Brandon Graham and players like that, they're going to pick up on these kind of tendencies. And I saw it kind of happen as the game wore on. I'm not sure if it was a fatigue issue, but he definitely needs to work on those little kind of hiccups. And another thing with his footwork and his slide consistency isn't always great. Now, it's usually good, but I've seen not necessarily false steps, but hitches in his slide to where it's just like, hmm, that didn't really look as smooth. It's a little bit herky-jerky, and I was just like, okay, I got to take note of that. So those balance issues, which are kind of you know really put to light by the fact that he allows his pad level to rise, it's definitely an issue. And now his punch. Now, he has you know heavy hands, but... His placement consistency and his timing consistency aren't all that great in pass protection, and he's kind of a tonger. And I, I talk about tonger on my podcast with uh, Dan Schneier, uh, Big Blue Banter, you know, shameless plug. But tonger, the tonger is basically when a um, when an offensive tackle, instead of earning the inside breastplate and punching up and through the defender, they kind of come around and hug. We saw Eric Flowers do this a lot, and by no means am I comparing the two whatsoever, but I did see Thomas kind of have that issue because he has the strength and the length to do that at the collegiate level, and he'll get away with it. But in the NFL, that's more than likely not going to happen. It's pretty easy to break out of that if you're, you know, if the strength is somewhat comparable, and especially if the pass rusher establishes a half-man relationship, which can also, you know, further some balance issues and things like that for the offensive tackle, something that Thomas somewhat struggles with. So strike placement is definitely another, so a little concern of mine. Again, it's not always, he doesn't just go out there and hug, you know, embrace hug kind of thing, but it's definitely not as consistent as I would have liked to seen. So he has to kind of maintain that low center of gravity, you know, sit back on his hips, be patient at times, don't lunge, and then be able to really strike with purpose placement and timing. So those are things that I really want to see him work on. I hope he does. And I think it's in his wheelhouse to really correct. And just one more thing I would like to see him get coached out of work on, however we want to phrase it, is when he does get beat, especially by a speed rusher, I do notice him use a little bit of, uh, I I can only call it block foo, where it's almost like a judo move where he kind of clubs the guy in the back and to push him past the pocket. And I 
I would be worried that at the NFL level, the refs might start throwing flags for block in the back on that one. Yeah, I saw him do it against uh, Josh Allen, the the good one. I believe he did it against. I believe he did it against uh, Okwara and uh, Khalid Kareem in the Notre Dame game. He might have done it against Chasen. I, that's just something where you, you don't want your lineman to be hurting your own team. So I, that's something I like him like to see him get more uh, more careful about. <laughs> And Chris, I don't know if you saw this at all, but sometimes I saw him really give up his chest because he does have the length to make the initial contact, but sometimes he'll have his hands just a bit slow to make that initial contact, and that kind of gives the defender somewhat of an advantage. That's another thing that I just was a little bit nitpicky about and I wanted to take note on is the fact that he does give up his chest, and I think if you do that at the NFL level consistent enough, it's really going to set defenders up to succeed. Yeah, I did see that as well, and that does seem to kind of be a little bit of a... uh, a consistent issue with some of these real long-armed, long-levered guys where they know they're big and long, so they uh, maybe a little bit sloppy about it, where some some of the guys who are, you know, maybe have like the 33-inch arms are, they can't afford to get away with, get away with it, so they're a lot tighter with their punches. And with all that being said, with all those weaknesses, things he needs to work on, if he can work and improve... I think we can all agree here. He has a decently high ceiling. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2020 class for for a good reason. Dave Gettleman saw something in Andrew Thomas, and realistically, he should have one of the higher ceilings out of the tackles in the whole 2020 class. Chris, what do you think is is a good projection for what Andrew Thomas could turn into? Is his highest possible potential for or being a player on on this Giants team? I would say the highest projection that I would feel comfortable would be a consistent top 10 offensive tackle. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he is a consistent pro bowler, you know, one of the top two or five offensive tackles in the NFL, because there are quite a few good ones. But considering there are 64 starters, I think him consistently being a top 10 guy who could have a good year, especially if the Giants get a favorable schedule could be an at least an occasional pro bowler i can i can definitely see him be a top 10 tackle in the nfl also you know somebody who occasionally makes the pro bowl obviously you have to stay healthy in these kind of situations but i think it's definitely in his uh the realm of possibilities for andrew thomas to be top 15 top 10 tackle in the national football league and it's going to be interesting to see where he starts you know just even year one with left tackle right tackle i know that's such a conversation amongst giants fans as of right now so but he does have the capability and the versatility to do it i mean he was an all-american as a right tackle freshman all-american uh for the freshman obviously and then obviously left tackle i think 2018 he was second team all-american and he was first team all-american last year at left tackle so he does have a versatile uh, versatile way to be employed but i can uh to go back to your original question i would say uh yeah i think top 10 is something that it could be but you know development isn't always linear doesn't mean you're always going to develop and become better so he has to take to the coaching and he has to adapt to the nfl speed which is somewhat of a projection but i believe that it's definitely possible yeah and realistically speaking we were talking about this before the show is in terms of what he can project into be i think we'd all rather have a guy that is above average, um, maybe pushing or close to that top 10 projection or, or top 10 ranking out of all tackles at left or right tackle than what we've had over the past 
uh, five or more years, which is Eric Flowers, Nate Solder, uh, Mike Remmers, guys that have just been inconsistent and, and not entirely panned out to the expectations we've had. And just having a guy that is consistently there, that is healthy, and that is playing at an above-average level on a consistent basis is all this team really needs. Instead of trying to go uh, you know, high-risk, high-reward on a guy like Eric Flowers was supposed and I say this in heavy quotes, supposed to be that Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin might have thought he was going to be. Instead, you're trying to go and get a guy that is going to be a little bit safer. And and the reason why we I'm saying that he's safer, and it seems like a lot of people are saying this, and I'm sure you guys could both agree with me, is that he had the highest floor out of all these top guys that we talked about throughout this this full draft process. He He's got a lot better place to start off from, and if he doesn't improve then he still has a, you know, a general decent basis for what he could be in his career. Chris, where do you really see his floor being as a, as a player on this offensive line? I think you said it perfectly when you said he was safe. And I think just a perfectly functional, fine, average offensive tackle is about his floor. I mean, he could bust it. I think any player could bust, but I think he's pretty safe. I, he is a, probably about as bust proof as the Giants were going to get. I think if he, his floor would basically be a Cam Robinson type player, they have some similarities in their game. They're physically similar. And as a guy who is just fine, he might not be a reason why you win a game, but he's probably also not going to be a reason why you lose a game. And I think that's a floor a lot of Giants fans should be pretty comfortable with. I think he's going to be better. Even even his floor is going to be better than what the Giants have been used to, the Eric Flowers and the 2019 Nate Solder. I think his floor is much better than, than those players, but maybe it would be someone who is a adequate to solid starter. Somebody, again, it's, isn't who will make a couple mistakes in a game that may even end a drive, but somebody who's going to be consistent in within the run game and also with his anchor, but might need to just clean up some of his pass protection. And that's if the development doesn't take. But I, just from everything I've read and heard about the kid, he seems like a really bright young man and he's just has his head on straight, which I believe Gettleman puts a high precedent on when drafting and evaluating these players. He wants to get the right culture into the Giants locker room. I mean, the Giants, Gettleman and the Giants have kind of gotten rid of a lot of these Odell Beckham Jr., these Landon Collins, these Eli Apples, these quote unquote bad culture guys. And we can bicker or argue back and forth on if that's actually true. But I think Gettleman has wanted to bring in these players who are more all about the team and they all buy into the philosophy that coach judge is going to preach and there is no me guys it's one team there's no individuals and andrew thomas i feel like can assimilate into that very very nicely so i think that also goes into uh who he who he is and how he plays on the field but in terms of his floor I think it's going to be a lot higher than the things that we've seen at the tackle position so i would say maybe even like a I'm trying to think of like a number that you could put on a top 25 tackle or something like that, which I know there's two tackles starting on each team. Top, I would say maybe 30, 35 tackle in the league, and that's maybe his floor. Now, the final question that I know a lot of fans are are really curious about with this selection of Andrew Thomas, and not so much where he projects in 2020, but rather where does he project 
in his career. Where do you guys see him? Do you see him as a left tackle? Do you see him as a right tackle? Or can he really possibly flourish at playing either or? Is he that type of a player that has that kind of versatility to play both those positions? Chris, what what do you really think? Is he going to be locking down that left tackle position or is he better off playing on the right side? Honestly, anymore, when it comes to offensive tackle evaluation, I don't really discriminate between sides. I figure there are really good defensive players on the left and on the right. It almost doesn't matter to me. I think it would. It really comes down to what side he is most comfortable on, what side is going to shorten his learning curve, and what side he, what side really winds up working best for him. And it might really be worth the Giants' time to try him at both sides. Let him practice left tackle. Let him practice right tackle. If he can contribute the best, the fastest, let him start at left tackle and then really just keep him there. I don't really see a reason to ask him to change his technique, learn learn or relearn a mirrored technique if he is comfortable and developing well enough at left tackle. I, I think in years past, he probably would be looked at more as a right tackle just based on his size and the fact that he's probably a better run, bo- run blocker than pass protector. But you know, running plays are ambidextrous, and a lot of the best pass rushers in the NFL are coming on the offensive right side now. So you can't really hide a bad pass protector. So when, uh, something that really has to be played into all this is the truncated offseason that the entire NFL is going to experience because of COVID-19. So we don't know if there's going to be OTAs and enough training time to really spin Andrew Thomas up to relearn that right tackle footwork and just everything. Because think about it. We all have a dominant hand. Say if you're dominant with your right hand, you throw with your right hand. Now try throwing with your left hand. That's essentially what you're asking him to do. And yes, he did it at Georgia. But that was back in 2017. So it, there's going to be struggles there. So I agree with Chris. I think you have to go with whatever he is most comfortable with. But that's going to beg the question, can Nate Solder make that switch to the right side? So there's going to be a lot to feel out, and we're still uncertain on when the Giants will even see the field. But as far as his play on the field, I agree with Chris too. I think you know you have quality pass rushers coming from the offense's right side now. It's not as... It's not as um, defined as it used to be you need good tackle play at both positions uh at this at this moment in the nfl because there's so much talent out there and everything isn't as defined there's much more fluidity among where people play and what side they rush from so and you need to run the football from both sides left and right so to me it's not as uh i would say it's I would just go with whatever Andrew Thomas is most comfortable with. And again, we're not even sure when they're going to be able to take the field. So the last two years at Georgia, he was on the left side. So that might be where he ends up uh, day one. Yeah, and if folks, if you didn't know, Andrew Thomas does have experience playing right tackle as a true freshman, so he has played both positions. It will be a matter of this season seeing where he fits and actually lines up depending on the overall personnel that the Giants have for the offensive line. That's going to be it for us here, folks, on the Chris and Joe Show. Nick, thank you so much for uh, hopping on and joining us again on today's show. Joe, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Let's go Giants. Let's see if we can put together, you know, a winning season. If we have the season, hopefully. 
Uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter as always at Nick Falato, spelled F-A-L-A-T-O. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, and you can follow Chris at Raptor. M-K-I-I. And lastly, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Stay tuned for our next show as we continue on with analyzing draft prospects that the Giants selected. Up next is Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.